When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Mackie and Judd right now. Yes, yes. More like a, more like the kitten last night and in game one. Uh, that's gone. That was Towns in the regular season. Yeah. It's yeah. first pitch. Oh, we're not going to run those tip time. sound bites into the ground up. The green flag <laughs> teeing off. Mackie and Judd are on the air. Getting things started with something we like to call the opening bell. You got to have confidence, speed. You gotta have confidence. That's like, this is the NBA, you know. It, it, you learn real quick how to let games go and uh, move on to the next one. You know, um, you know, we, we let this one down tonight. Um, you know, they did their job. They protect the home court. Now it's our turn to do our job at home. We're working it out. We're working it out. And uh, yeah, yeah. the flow of the game tells us what to do. We have our game plans. We stick to our game plans, and uh, we go from there. Big Cat had five points. No, he didn't. He yes, had five he points, ten rebounds, no, two of yes, nine. Yes, he did. Right? He needed me to. He needed me to second hand, Jack. He only had five. Same <laughs> misprint. Same number of field goal attempts as he had in uh, in game one of this series. I couldn't even come home if I had five. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Like, look, I know you got a big house, but sleep outside tonight. <laughs> he got a long way to go offensively. Uh, I mean, those shots he's getting, those aren't big man shots. Those are guys like uh, a seven-foot guy shooting fadeaways against the little guys. He's got to get in the gym. First of all, I like him a lot as a person. I like him a lot as a player. But he is so limited offensively. Uh, he's got to get in the gym, man, and work on his game this uh, summer. I, so I, I agree with everything those guys said except for the limited. He's definitely not limited offensively. Yeah. But, I mean, he has been in this series. Bark, well, Barkley uh, at, at halftime and then post game at first tried to contend that Cat's um, offensive game needs development in a huge way. I don't. I think that's going a bit too far. But I do think it's fair to say in, in these first two games that um, that one would hope playoff experience does help. Quick playoff experience. But you would hope that this pays off eventually because it's certainly not paying off right this second. Yeah, I mean, like, this series has definitely lowered his stock for sure. If the NBA had a player stock market, I mean, the, I mean, it would be, it'd be, it'd be like the 2008 uh, stock market crash in the United States. I mean, that's what, that's what Cat's stock has been doing the last three or four days. He's getting embarrassed. It doesn't mean that long term he's not going to be a really, really good player and that you shouldn't still be you know, investing into Carl Anthony Towns stock, but he's just very clearly and obviously not ready to dominate or even apparently participate in a series with guys like Chris Paul and James Harden, uh, Jimmy Butler on his own team. He's just, but it's one thing to be overshadowed in a series where you've got these hall of fame caliber players in their prime mm-hmm. and they've been to the playoffs before and they understand it. And uh, it's just taking you a little bit to get going. Right. I mean, but like that would be one thing he's getting embarrassed 
That yeah, dude has, he's not that, part of the series right now. No, I mean he has 13 points combined in two games. So yeah. it's definitely it's definitely a red flag. I'm not going to be selling all my Carl Anthony Towns stock, but uh, the wolf, like you said, the Wolves have to hope this is just a really really grinded out part of a growing process that eventually pays off for him. When you score uh, no points in the third quarter, and when a coach like Tibbs sits you out the entire fourth, I mean Tibbs. Think about the, the amount of games in which the Wolves probably could, could have given up in fourth quarters throughout this year and the amount of times the Tibbs absolutely would not and, and abused players and basically kept them out there. Carl Anthony Towns, I do not believe, stepped on the floor in the fourth last night. He didn't take a shot in the second half. Yeah, so that shows you... I don't think he took a shot in the second that, half. That, that shows you uh, what, what the mentality is right now, but... I don't think when Barkley says that that Cat's got to get in the gym and improve his game as if his game isn't good defensively, yeah, probably. But when Barkley t- talks about his offensive game lacking in this series in the first two games, it definitely does. But am I uh, am I sitting there concerned about Cat's offensive game as a whole? Not really. I think I think the con- the concerning thing is. I mean, yeah, I, I I keep going back to this is his first time ever in the playoffs. They're playing one of the most unique teams in recent NBA history in terms of offensive firepower. Like it's we knew they were gonna get swept or at best win a home game. So like we we knew all these things going in that when they lost to Memphis three weeks ago, it sealed their fate pretty much as a seven, eight seed or a non playoff team. So like they, they were gonna run into a an absolute freight train in the first round. And so like I'm trying to reconcile all those things that we knew with Still, like you should be doing more than five points. And the one thing I really agree with, and they went back to Shaq and Kenny and Barkley about three different times, halftime and then postgame. And almost everything they said was spot on. And they were both, and these guys are a little bit more old school. They come from there or big men weren't going to step out and shoot three pointers. So there's a there's a little bit of get off my lawn. That's not how you're, you're supposed to play as a big man. He shouldn't ignore threes. But where I agree with Barkley and, uh, and Shaq, he should start down low more often than not. Like the, he he should be, if, if, especially if if Houston's going to switch point guards and shooting guards onto him defensively. Right. Yeah. And Shaq was adamant, and Barkley too. Get your ass down there yeah. and go to work. Post up. Yes. And then and like three pointers are a supplemental part of his game. I get that he's the best three point shooter on the team, but he's not James Harden or Steph Curry in terms of a guy who's going to just sit out there and jack ten of them per game. You got it's got to be a balance, and it just felt like even when he wasn't taking threes last night, he was fading away from 15 feet. Like it looked really, it looked really weak. It, it, was it didn't su- look it good. Was it didn't look good. Soft. So here, here's the here's the uh, conundrum though about this when when it comes to, to the wolves. The easy and obvious talker is cat, but to go back to what you just said, they're getting blown out by a team that you knew was almost certainly going to blow, blow them out. And in fact, when you lost by three in game one, it felt good. And the other thing about it is Cat's the guy to start with because Cat's the star. Uh, but this team's not sh- uh, showing up as a whole either. I mean, Jimmy Butler is, I'm sure he's hurt, but Butler had, what, 11 points last night? Belly led he you. He looks super banged up. Yeah, he does. Belly well, Almost like they should just shut it down with him. Belly off the bench led you last night with 16. Your entire team didn't show up. Well, that's a good segue. Ding. I liked the, the first quarter, and then we, you know, we went that straight downhill from there. You know, James still, because of you know who he is, he still puts a lot of pressure on you, and uh, that's the great value of having uh, a guy like Chris Paul coupled with him. 
So, you know, Chris was, you know, had an unbelievable game. So it's not like when I watch the Rockets and the Wolves, I it, it's amazing the glaring contrast, especially now that you're you're sort of, you know, micro and hyper-focused on every possession, the contrast. And talent isn't as much one of them. I do think the Rockets have more talent. I mean, if, if you're giving me Chris Paul Hall of Famer, James Harden Hall of Famer MVP, or... You know, Jimmy Butler banged up and young Carl Anthony Towns. Like, I mean, the Rockets definitely, and the Rockets have the best player in the series. It's James Harden. Mm-hmm. So, but it, it it's not like the Rockets built a 27-point lead in that game because they're just crazy talented compared to the Wolves. I mean, the Wolves have a lot of guys on that team. You know, Jimmy Butler maybe at 75%, so maybe maybe I'm discrediting, uh, or maybe I'm, maybe I'm not accounting for that. But, like, with the Rockets, you're watching modern optimal strategy and a perfect collection of puzzle pieces so it's not they're taking their puzzle pieces it's a perfect puzzle and it's this modern optimal strategy of efficient shots they're switching defensively in order to prevent wide open looks off pick and roll with the wolves you're watching this antiquated inefficient slog 1990s parts that don't fit together it's 90s basketball it's a ferrari and a chevy cobalt i mean it's yes yeah, it, it's such a gap. And and game one felt good because you, you lost by three, and you, you also said, "All right, you lost by three. Harden went went nuts. And while that's not optimal, James Harden going nuts is not surprising. Game two is, is the is the slap in the face, though, because you not only get blown out, but James Harden goes two for eighteen from, from the field and scores twelve points. If I had sat, it was here, kind of clowning around the whole game. And right? if I, mean, I had, was... and if I had sat here on the show yesterday and said to you, Phil, here's what's going to happen. James Harden's going to be awful. How bad? Two for 18. You'd say, oh, wow. Wolves got a shot in this yeah, one, right? You got a great shot. Wolves got a shot. But this is, but the reality of the way that the Rockets play and why that beats you is yeah. because James Harden had an absolutely horrific game and you lost by 20. Yeah. You were down by 27 points, like you just said, in a game where James Harden was two for 18 from yes. the field. Yes. I sat down. You, it looks like you took multiple pages of notes. I was taking notes on my computer. I actually started making a list of just the, the unmistakable contrasts between these two teams. I could have gone deeper than five, but these are the five main ones that I noticed. So mm-hmm. the obviously, the Rockets shoot threes. The Wolves shoot twos. The Rockets shot over 50 threes last night. They shot in that 52 game. threes. They and ever only sh- and only hit 30 percent of them. Like, I know. So they they were the first two games. They haven't even shot that well from three point range. Uh, but they shoot threes. Wolves shoot twos. Rockets communicate exceptionally on offense and defense. Uh, Sub communication, nonverbal. It, they're one of the best communicating teams in the NBA. If you just watch them, the Wolves. It seems like all of the guys on the court, including the coach on the sidelines, it's like they're all speaking a different basketball language and trying to figure it out on the fly. Uh, the Rockets seem to play for each other. They're looking to get open looks for teammates. They're looking to. They're always looking to get other guys going. Right. It's not just. I mean, sometimes they go into isolation mode with James Harden because he's amazing, but they're always looking to get a Jail Green going, a Trevor Ariza going. Uh, the Wolves just dribble the air out of the ball. Jeff Teague, mm-hmm. Derrick Rose, mm-hmm. until the yeah. shot clock is at three. Jeff Teague loves to dribble. Yes. Uh, Mike D'Antoni, as a coach, he empowers his team. Tom Thibodeau mostly just grumbles and, and stalks. Mike D'Antoni also keeps it really simple. When when they, they did it inside the huddle, I think it was early in the game, and I think the Rockets might have been down by nine, and he just said, look, do what we do. We shoot threes and play defense. Yes. And you watch Tibbs, and I can just hear Tibbs, you know, you got to isolate on this guy and switch to that guy and what you got <laughs> and what you got to do with 30.1 yeah. seconds left that in this great. game. Derek, you got to get over there. Mike D'Antoni's just like, guys, go down the court, shoot through. And watching the Rockets' offense is absolutely hysterical. 
because it's so predictable and yet effective. They come down the floor. It's it's almost when when they shoot twos, I would wonder if guys get mad. No, what, for sure. What the hell are you doing, the, Joe Johnson, shooting that two? The only twos they're supposed to take are inside like five feet. Mm-hmm. So it's either it's either layups or threes. Joe Johnson shot shot one that, that was fairly long, and I thought to myself, that's the one guy who's going to get yeah. a talking to. If you're going to do that, you got to step back. Yes. Uh, to that to that cutaway that they show with Mike D'Antoni, it was amazing. Like he's sitting there saying, "Guys, we're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Just keep shooting threes and playing defense. That's what we do." As if to say, "There's zero chance that this team's going to beat us." And then the the last thing, the last major contrast, the Rockets play for 48 minutes with joy and great energy. The Wolves surprise you when they find joy and energy for stretches during the game, which they did play with did in the you, first quarter. I'll did, give them that. Did you hear Shaq postgame when, when they got done breaking down towns? Shaq said one thing that, that was very small, but I thought uh, very perceptive. He said the Timberwolves lack excitement. And Barkley said, well, of course they do. They got beat by 20. He's like, no. And Shaq's like, yeah. no, no, they lack, they lack, which goes back to what we've been talking about for months now, which is there is, to be successful in a sport, I believe there has to be a certain excitement and joy, yeah. which sounds really simple, but it's true. And the Wolves don't have it. Yeah. The Wolves the wolves look like they are going to work all the time. And that's, but and that is a reflection of the coach. It is. And even when the Bulls were making some playoff runs from 2010 through 2014, when you watch those series, it was very grindy. It was just, it was greasy. It didn't feel like, when you watched the Rockets or the Warriors or when you watched some of the, actually some of those Heat teams just felt the weight of the world and they looked like they weren't having fun because everyone expected them to win a championship. Yeah, that that was the pressure. Uh, But like the San Antonio Spurs at times, it just looks like, Phil Jackson writes about this in his book, 11 Rings, which is, an, if you're a sports fan, it's a great book. He talks about the five stages of of tribal leadership and building teams. And by stage five, which is where the Lakers were at 15 years ago and where the Bulls were at in the 90s, it doesn't even really matter who your opponent is or what they're doing. You're so cohesive and you're playing for each other and it's fun. And it literally doesn't matter what your opponent's doing. They can have Carl Malone, John Stockton, and you're just like, you know exactly who you are. You know exactly where your teammates are going to be. Okay, on the shot selection thing, I just pulled up a Houston Rockets shot chart from last night. I'm going to turn this to you so you can see it. All right. Count how many. So they took, I don't know, they took like 80 shots or something last night. 96 total shots. Count how many shots were either not from three or not from the paint. Yeah. So take yeah. away shots from three and shots from the paint. How many sh- How many other shots are left over by the Rockets? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. I see, what is it? Five? Uh, yeah, five or six. Five. Yeah. So they took, in two and a half hours last night, they yeah. took five shots that weren't from three or the paint. Yep. That's them. <laughs> it, and it, it's efficient. And it's and it's working, obviously. And, the and there's joy are, to it, damn it. There's yes. a lot of joy to it. Yes. Let's come back, talk more Wolves. That Twins game was epic last night. It was epically boring for parts. It was epically well-pitched at times. Yeah. It was intriguing. It went five hours. We'll talk about that. Jose Barrios was lights out in his home uh, island of Puerto Rico. Also, some sort of like expected meh news on uh, Wild Jets front that we were not shocked to see. Doogie with a scoop. We'll get to Matthew Collar later on with a, a little schedule mocking. That's right. We're going to mock the Vikings schedule. Oh, it's an exciting day in the, the NFL. Show.
Roy Smalley Day at 11.30, and then uh, Chip's going to come in here next to uh, to add to our Wolves conversation. 651-646-8255 if you want to chime in. little Wolves vent line here, I guess, in the 9 o'clock. TCL TV's America's fastest-growing TV brand and the best TV for sports viewing. You can stop in and, and watch one of these and test it out for yourself at any major local retailer in the Twin Cities. But it's uh, you know, we, we constantly have sports on here, uh, whether it's through our cable package or if sometimes we get bored with daytime TV, we'll just flip over to the built-in Roku device and we'll watch old school games on the NHL.com platform or we'll watch stuff on the NBA platform. There are thousands of streaming channels with that built-in Roku device and uh, also 450,000 plus TV show episodes and movies. So if you're looking for the leader in entertainment options, the leader in picture quality, and America's fastest growing TV brand, TCL is where it's at. TCL is uh, the broadcast studio sponsor here for 1500 ESPN. So we are all in on TCL. We recommend you go check one out sometime this weekend. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back. Audio level full volume. It's go time. On 1500 ESPN. Big Cat had five points. No, he didn't. He yes, had five he did. points, ten rebounds, no, two of yes, nine. Yes, he did. Right? He, needed me to, he needed me to second hand, Jack. He only had five. Same oh, print. Same number of field goal attempts as he had in, uh, in game one of this series. I couldn't even come home if I had five <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Like, look, I know you got a big house, but sleep outside. <laughs> hey, Chip Scoggins. Hey, boys. Chip from the Star Tribune, StarTribune.com. I uh, did the math during the break on the Houston Rockets. It's it's the most, we were, Chip and I were talking during the break. It's the most extreme a team has ever gone in the NBA at just maximizing the efficient spots on the court. I think it's it's been known for a while now that Three-point shots, if you can, you know, three-point yeah. shots are more effective if you can knock them down. And Mike D'Antoni brought that system to Phoenix. But it's to the point now where they don't take anything from it, from between the paint and three-point range. They took 96 shots last night. 91 of the 96 shots came from three-point range or the paint. <laughs> That's all they do. It's great. It is. It's fun to watch. I was asking Phil, like, how many of those shots, uh, even five years ago, would you say, Gosh, that's a bad shot. Just jacking a three Just with 19 seconds left in the shot clock. When, yeah. when your entire offensive philosophy, no, no matter what the score is, is to jack threes, five, ten years back, you'd say, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. But but in to D'Antoni's credit, you know, when the Suns started to do that, you're like, okay, that's in- interesting. The problem, I think, was the team saw that, and they're like, okay, if—, if we hire him as our coach; it'll just work. Yeah. And so now you had the wrong fits. But if you if you have him coaching the right group of players, it's a hell of a system. It is interesting because when when all the movement was going on last summer and they get Chris Paul, I remember thinking I may, I may have even written too that you know you can't just throw superstars together and think it's going to work. You have two guys that dominate the ball; they want the ball in their hands. How's this ever going to work with Chris Paul and James Harden? And to their credit. They had a vision of, hey, we're going to get these two guys that you can't guard one-on-one. They're going to beat you off the dribble, and then we're just going to park a bunch of guys out on a three-point line. They're going to shoot threes. Yeah. And and it's been, it was brilliant. And it's a little like when when LeBron joined Dwayne Wade, and then Chris Bosh was this kind of awkward third wheel who, yeah. who got the ball a lot in Toronto. And I don't think anyone really doubted initially how it would work. But then when they got beat in the finals by Dallas in that first year, this is like eight years ago now or seven years mm-hmm. ago, um, the questions were, wow, like is is the Dwayne Wade LeBron James thing too repetitive? Are they going to be able to play together? But when you when you have 
guys who are that smart and that basketball smart, which James Harden and Chris Paul are, they'll figure it out. Yeah. And clearly they have figured it out in Houston. And the Wolves are sitting here with a collection of talent that just walks all over each other and steps on. It's like one dance partner is ballroom dancing around the room and the other is just stepping but on to, each other's feet. But to Phil's point, I think what's important, though, is they'll they'll figure it out if they're smart players, if they aren't micromanaged to a fault. Yeah. And this is where this entire Wolves conversation gets dicey because you do have somewhat, not completely, but you've got some young players who need to learn for, from this and need to get the experience and need to, but it, you say to yourself, okay, with Tibbs, is this going to work? Or is this going to just be seen as four games and you failed and it's not and the experience is going to be there, but it's not going to be as helpful as it probably should be? Yeah, it's interesting. You, you watch D'Antonio and, and also Steve Kerr, the way they those two coach those teams is I don't want to say that they do nothing, obviously because that's not right, but they just kind of sit back and let those superstars sort of figure it out. And and but they do all the work before the game. Yeah, and, and systematically and in practice. And I'm sure there's times where there's some shots or things they do where they just, it drives them crazy, but they don't step on their toes and say, we can't do that. They just kind of let them work through it and, and they benefit from it. Now you're talking about the two most talented teams as the, sure. you know, uh, superstars on it. But um, I, I'm fascinated to see if, if there'll be a trickle up in, in, in the NBA with teams saying, you know, we have to, we have to follow that lead, or will teams say, yeah, you got to have Chris Paul and James Harden for that to work? Well, I think, you, I mean, there's a record number of three-pointers being shot. So, like, obviously, on the three-point end, teams are definitely jacking threes, but to take it to that next level where they have eliminated the mid-range game mm. altogether. And the Timberwolves operate probably most often in the mid-range. I mean, yeah. if you look that up, it's probably true statistically, too. Well, so they're, uh, they became, what, the first team to shoot more threes than twos this year? The Rockets, yeah. So I wonder I if that right. becomes a trend where you you see more teams shooting more threes than 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 regular two. So I I don't know, but yeah, it's when you, when you watch them play the the Wolves, it, it's it's just two different games. It's absolutely two different. The Wolves just they could not have looked more discombobulated on offense than they did last night. It, you didn't even know what they were trying to accomplish. No. Uh, the Rockets for the regular season, fifty. So you had that number fifty, just over fifty percent of their shots came from three. And then just shy of 30% of their shots came from point-blank layup range. So that's 80% of their shots are from three or point-blank layup range in the regular season. They averaged 42 threes a game. They took 52 last night. Uh, So, so Chip, how do you weigh weigh this whole cat thing? Because because here's my one thing that, that I would caution. It's not been good, and I get it. Um, But nationally, this is the story to glum onto Mm -hmm. because it's the biggest— it's a big star on a team. He's not playing well. And two games in, if, if you're going to pick an, an angle from the Wolves, this is it. Um, but I would caution not to get too swept up because it's. I think it would be very easy to say, oh, my God, it's Carl Anthony Towns and he's not good and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I wouldn't go there. Yeah. I think that's too far. Nationally, they too pro- far. nationally they probably will because there's so many, so much attention paid to what Barkley and Shaq and Kenny say Absolutely. that they drive the narrative a lot. In the NBA, with, with because it's such a popular show and yeah, and they have great takes. And so, if if it continues the rest of you know the series and they keep pounding away at it, then that's going to become the offseason narrative for him. And so, uh, locally, we know better. He has, um, I, I forgot what what the term that Barkley used to say was it limited. He called he he said that his offensive game is limited. And, I mean, I th- I think locally people who watch him every night knows his game's not limited. I mean, right. <laughs> he's pretty well 
verse. But I do agree that, I mean, there was one time, and they were showing that highlight packet that I think Shaq was about to lose his mind, where Towns had it on the block to start with and wound up shooting a fallaway jumper from basically the free throw line. I think he said he shot that from the free throw line. He got that far out maneuvering where you just want him just to pound up through whoever's guarding him. and so Or draw uh, the double and pass to an open teammate. That's an option, too. Yeah, and so... Um, but I, you know, I was texting with you last night, Judd, I mean, this is going to be a good experience for him, even if it's a sweep, even if, you know, he, he struggles and looks bad. I mean, it's part of the process. They have to go through it. And I don't know that there's necessarily a downside from playing in the postseason. Yeah. I think it's, it's really easy. It's, we talk about this. This is a theme on our show. It's so easy to go black and white with, yeah. Okay, you thought Towns was amazing as a young player going into the playoffs, and now we're going to find out. And oops, he's soiled himself a little bit here, and now he's not—he's not a great player anymore. Well, I think it's fair to say he's been embarrassingly bad in these first two games. He deserves criticism. He looks completely overshadowed and mm-hmm. and, and just looks out of sorts against some of the best players in the NBA and the best team. And it's and in the moment, it's a bad sign. Long term, it's still also fair to say. I'll absolutely ride this horse for ten years. Of course, like of course. is is he gonna is he gonna be um, the two way force that Kevin Garnett was twenty years ago? I mean, maybe not, but like I'm not gonna dump all my Carl Anthony Towns stock because of these two games. Two bad games but yeah. he does deserve to be hammered for his just lack of productivity in these two games for sure. Mm-hmm. And if, if what we say is correct about him, here's the good thing: he cares. Yes, he's he's embarrassed too. That's a good thing. So now he, he can take these four games, which I don't think it'll go more than four at this rate. He can take these four games and apply them, right? I mean, that's what, if you thought he didn't care, it's a problem. Yeah. But you know he does. And and he's going to hear Barkley, and he's going to hear Shaq, and he's going to say, that's not going to happen to me again. Mm-hmm. And that's the good thing. And I we have seen how many young players in different sports get to playoffs and until you're there, you don't really get it. And now you're there, and and you get embarrassed. And if you if you're really good and you give a damn, that's a pretty good combination to come back the next time and be much improved. Well, and we've seen towns before where he's had a bad game or had a bad matchup or someone Anthony Davis or whatever, and he comes back really angry the next game and has a big game. Now I'm not saying that's going to happen in this series because it's just a weird matchup for them, but you can tell he has a lot of professional pride in what he's doing, and he always tends to come back. Strong after having, you know, kind of a couple of bad games. Uh, Wolves Vent Line. We can sprinkle in some Wolves Vent Line calls here with Chip Scoggins. 651-646-8255. Chancey, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Just talking to you earlier this week. So yeah. back in here. It's okay. This is uh, therapy for all of us, Chancey. Yeah. Well, no, I, I'm actually feeling really rational today. I, uh, Like you guys said, I'm not ready to jump off and say Towns is a terrible player and, you know, where do we rebuild the franchise, dump him, and uh, look for a draft pick again. But I would say that I wonder if he has been a little bit helped throughout the season by the enigma that Andrew Wiggins is and that there's been less focus placed on him. Everybody's frustrated with Wiggins and, and some of his effort issues. And, you know, when you watch Towns play, I don't, I don't know if I want to say a one-trick pony, but if he's not scoring, then it comes back to the, is he grabbing rebounds? Is he playing good defense? What else does he bring to the table? Uh, he looks to play a little bit like Dirk Nowitzki or Kevin Love. You know, fades and shoots the threes, not so great on defense, grabs some rebounds. But he's a little bit slow, I think. I, I wanted to tell you guys this. I mean, if you look back, and I know I'm going to go back 20-plus years, right, to when Bill Clinton was president, I was in high school and I didn't have kids. When Marbury and Garnett first made the playoffs, 
same thing, right? Young team, they come in 97. Mm-hmm. First round, they play the number one seed, Seattle. And they win two games out of a best-of-five series, take them to game five. And even though they lost the series, you could feel some excitement building. You say, wow, there's some there's some jolt here with these young players. You can see some something coming from Garnett. I don't know. This series feels totally different. It feels like kind of the same buildup. Okay, we have a young team. They should be building. Maybe we're not going to beat Houston, but let's let's put a good showing out there. And they just look totally out of place. And, you know, if, if you look at Towns, Phil, I know you've been saying, oh, you're a top 15-ish player in the NBA. If you would take out age, right, the factor that he's young, is that really true? I I don't know. I, I haven't went out and ranked him and listed every NBA player, but I'm pretty darn sure I could list at least 20 guys I'd rather have on my team rather than Carl Anthony Towns, uh, you know, minus the age factor. And, you know, he's got 15 years left in the NBA. So. Yeah, yeah. Chancey, thank you for the call. I think it's, I think it's really – let's come back and talk more about that. It's re- Obviously, today it's really easy to – to be selling yeah, stock and be down on him, and like he's not a great defensive player, uh, and and these last two playoff games don't like they don't take away what he did offensively for 82 games in the regular season. But let's come back talk more about Carl Anthony Towns, his falling stock, and also the comparison to the early Kevin Garnett playoff days too, and we can get to the uh, the Morrissey suspension news that came out yesterday and like what it may or may not mean for the Wild. Ret- you know, retroactively, it really doesn't mean anything because. They might have won the game, but we'll talk about that too with Chip Scoggins and uh, get to some twins. That 16-inning game from last night. Uh, Luther Brookdale Toyota is on board here at 1500 ESPN and the Touch em All podcast as a, a title sponsor. We appreciate them keeping the Touch em All podcast alive and well over the past couple of years. And uh, we appreciate, my family anyways, appreciates the peace of mind we get just working with the smart people and uh, the friendly, knowledgeable staff, service department, showroom area. I really love being able to just walk in, ask questions. Uh, there's never a dumb question. There's never someone trying to, it, it, it's just a comfortable vibe that it, it doesn't feel uh, sleazy or it, it feels family-like you walk in and they're there to take care of you, whether it's a simple oil change or looking to get into the next, the next 10 year vehicle for you and your family. I recommend checking out some of these new 2018 models and all the new safety features and the new exterior on the 2018 Camry. It's a little bit sportier looking and the new technology with the Entune System 3.0. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. You can also stop by the website, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Phil Mackey. A little smart ass running around giving orders to everybody. Judd Zolgad. Judd. Do you enjoy any part of your job in any part of sports? Is there anything you take joy in? Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, Mackie and Judd hanging out with our buddy Chip Scoggins, StarTribune and StarTribune.com. Off Chansey's Wolves Ventline call from last segment. He brought up, you know, the disappointment of Towns and I mean, Towns stock has fallen these last two games, no doubt. And then kind of compared back to the, the early KG Marbury Run where they were young, but they were they were punching Seattle in the mouth in their second or third year in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. like they def they definitely didn't break through until eight years into it in the playoffs. But like they were showing some fight. What do you guys think of this? I think Flip Saunders absolutely empowered and elevated the confidence and the games of Kevin Garnett and Stephon Marbury, mostly Garnett who stuck around longer. It was a perfect pairing. Mm-hmm. I feel like Towns is where he's at almost despite Tom Thibodeau's style. It just doesn't... Carl Anthony Towns, unlike Jimmy Butler, who probably just loves when coaches are grinding and yeah. screaming at him, Towns Towns seems like he would have been a perfect fit with a Flip Saunders-type coach, more of a 
an arm around you, empowering you type. And so I worry about that. I worry about the Tom Thibodeau, Carl Anthony Towns dynamic. Yeah, well, I got to be honest with you. I worry about, um, I don't know if worry is the right word, but I do question. Sleepless. Yeah, sleep yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, sleep. Ship like can't sleep. Yeah. Cat. Yeah. I'm thinking about cat. But but you do wonder how much today's athlete can just withstand the constant pounding of, you know, screaming nonstop. And eventually, doesn't that just wear you out? And that, that, that would be my biggest concern with any of them is like, you know, when you're in your face, all the time on a game, in every possession is you're getting screamed at. It's just you hope guys don't get to a point where they either tune it out or I, I can't handle this anymore. And so that to me would be the biggest concern. Um, you know, I, I think Towns is just he's he's a unique player. I, I still think you know he's kind of that modern big man now that shoot the three, run the you know court, get can post up. Uh, I think he's just going to keep getting better and better. I, I mean, he's had two bad games, right? I mean, just two horrendous games. But um, I'm not going to overlook all the things he's done to get him here and, and just all the, you know, uniqueness to his game. Um, can he get better? Yeah, obviously. The thing I, I guess sometimes that drives me crazy is he when he doesn't get the touches and whether that's Thibodeau's offense or his lack of kind of that. All right. The ball has to come through me, right? I, you know, there there was a game. I can't remember which one it was where he didn't take his shot in the first quarter, and <laughs> and I think it was the day I was in here. But it, we were saying, can you imagine Kevin Durant not taking a shot in the first quarter, right. or Westbrook not taking, or Harden, Chip, or I don't know. And I've heard, I've heard second, third hand. I've heard. I'll I'll start with what I've heard, and then what I sense, like that. Tom Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler run everything, and that. It it makes it really that dynamic makes it really hard for other players to rise up as leaders. Mm-hmm. Not that like Jamal Crawford isn't the leader because he's a veteran. I'm not saying that there are no other leaders, but it makes it really tough, especially if you're like 22 years old, and and maybe trying to rise up to be that hey, give me the ball type of a guy. Yeah, I'm not sure that the way the Wolves leadership structure is is in its current form that Carl Anthony Towns like. He would have to break through that in order to be that guy. And, and a Flip Saunders-led team, I don't like. Flip Saunders was was much more arm around, empower. Hey, KG, like this is just as much your team as anyone yeah. else's. Even though you're 20, 21 years old, like don't be afraid to thump your chest a little bit. Well, being around a team, Butler's definitely the alpha. When you're in that locker room, oh, he yeah. is the alpha. From opening night, not on. even even not dispute even, about no, that. Yeah, no. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is going to be great regardless of who coaches him, and. I will not use the overused, now cliched, and phrase that I'd like to strangle and kill, trust the process. I will say that what we're going through now and seeing is part of the process. Mm. This is part of the process of becoming great. Gretzky, early on in playoffs, was not great. Guess what happened? He got the experience and got there. Are you saying it doesn't matter who Towns coaches? I'm, I am saying that Carl Anthony Towns is going to be such a good player that eventually it won't. But here's the problem. Remove Towns from the equation for a second here, and I think there is genuine concern about if Tibbs is the right guy for the, this team, and that does, to a, to a large degree, include Cat. Uh, so I don't look at this and say, Carl is going to get to the point where he, he I firmly believe, is going to demand the ball. Mm-hmm. Carl is going to get to the point where he probably, one day, probably next year possibly, tells Jimmy, shut the bleep up, sit down, this is as much my team as yours. He's going to get there. I disagree. I think he'll get there. As long as Jimmy's on the team, I, think, I don't think that's I th- a dynamic that can happen. I think he'll get there. But that does not remove my concern that, that 
I don't know that Tibbs is the right guy because of what Chip said with how he runs the entire operation. That is so. So, do I think that the Wolves can become a successful playoff team with Tibbs as coach? I have doubts about that. Do I think that Carl Anthony Towns is going to be a great player and and become more assertive within the next couple of years? I think that this is all part of that process, and it absolutely will happen. Well, you, can he win a championship with, with Tibbs as coach? None of us know that, but I, I will say this: in, in in defense of the Wolves, if they are a little bit more consistent, and we're and we're saying this because they're they're facing the best team in the in the NBA that plays this, you know, fun, crazy style. This is a bad matchup for most teams. If the Wolves could be a little more consistent, they would not be in this situation where they'd have more favorable matchups where they could possibly win a playoff series and look better. And then that would be more, uh, a more positive experience for them. What they're had the first two games here. Um, you know, this roster, they're going to have to, address it in the offseason in terms of adding some three-point shooters, they've got to figure out Andrew Wiggins. I mean, they've, they have to figure out what they're going to do with him. Can he coexist with this, with Butler and Towns and Thibodeau? Because they cannot go through another year like this with Wiggins. You know, can I say, I loved his first quarter yesterday. He missed a bunch of shots, but... He drove. Like, he was he was the most energetic and engaged player on the court, including the Rockets in the first quarter. And it was, like, it was eye-popping. And you're, obviously, your question yeah. is, okay, like, can we get the, can yeah. we get that all the time, please? And, it, yeah, and he missed he, a bunch of shots because he was kind of just, like, he was reckless offensively. But I'd rather have that. And then hone and then but, hone the recklessness. Yeah. Then have but think about how sleepwalking. How this is a max player. Is. It's, yeah, it's oh. almost you. You it, just it, said for a, for a max player, a top pick overall in the draft, and a guy who you would hope yeah. would one day become a superstar. That you loved twelve minutes of his play. Well, and that's the thing. Like you watch that game last night and say, okay, pick out the max player for either team. <laughs> Wiggins is what on that list? Well, in the first quarter, you would have said like fairly high. The whole game, well, yeah, for both teams or yeah. for just the for Wolves? both teams. I think you would have put Gerald Green high on the list last night. The guy knocked down like and so. Five they or six they have to they have to figure out this whole uh, three headed monster and how it's going to work because it it worked enough to get to the playoffs this year, but you did it with just a really bad year from Wiggins. More concerning than the, the fact that the TNT guys rip Towns, which is fine. I don't think at least last night I heard. Wiggins' name mentioned once no, by not. the studio. No. But think about that. It was not. But, but think after they don't, even, think about they don't that. even think he's worthy I, of bringing up. I know. But I mean, yeah. just just think about a number one overall pick, a max player starting next year, a guy who was deemed by some to be a superstar. Shaq and Charles and Kenny didn't mention right. his name. It's actually, to, to that point, it's it's a credit to Towns that they spent like 20 Absolutely. minutes yeah. ripping him last night because they... They look at him and say, dude, you should be one of us. Like mm. Barkley and Shaq were looking at town saying, you should be one of us in 15 or 20 years. You're 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 capable yeah. of, of that. But you gotta make some tweaks. I I Dan our buddy Dan Chang uh just emailed the show and I, I, I like I agree with this email. He said best case here is that the Wolves get blown out these next two games and swept in the series. Uh they need to significantly upgrade the roster, which has been exposed the last month. No more falsely believing that the Wolves are building and going in the right direction when nobody on the team can shoot the ball consistently. They need more grit and shooting. Look at Houston as a blueprint. They only have two stars, but their role players and vets fit perfectly. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, you, you they have to go out and find 
more shooters. I mean, it's just it's obvious they've got to three and D. You've man. got to uh, supplement it, and um, you know they got to take a hard look at that bench. And you know, like some of these contracts, I don't know how it fits, but you look at them, you're like, boy, this is just not the way you want to go, the direction you want to go with some of these guys. Chip, have you ever told your wife that uh, you're not going to pick her up at the airport because it's the pub? <laughs> she got home just fine, all right? I got to be honest with you. Judd told <laughs> me this story the other day. <laughs> Judd, we, we had dinner at the game the other night, and I hope my wife's not listening. I said, she's got an Uber. <laughs> that's what, yeah, because it's the cup. Because it's the cup. Hey, that's what Uber was Dave made Campbell, for, right? Our friend said, how can you? Dave said, Phil, Phil is exactly right. It's low-hanging fruit. You go pick her up. I said, well, Dave. Dave's nicer than us. I said, I'm going to be on deadline here. I got to file something. On deadline. I got to yeah. file who's, something. Whose deadline are you My on? My own deadline. Yeah. Your newspaper days are seven My, years in yeah. the rearview mirror. Personal accountability deadline because it's the cup. And Chip was with me, and this is why I love this <laughs> man. Right. On deadline. All right, well, let's talk Dear some friend. more with Chip when we come back. <laughs> The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Here we go! On 1500 ESPN. We all know Casual Friday isn't enough, so sign your business up for the 28th Annual Dress for LLS and enjoy Casual Thursdays in May. Businesses across the state will come together in May to join LLS in the fight against blood cancers for a minimum donation of just $5. Participants earn the right to dress casual or in a company theme Thursdays in May. The top company will receive a bowling party at Park Tavern. For more info or to register, visit 1500ESPN.com keyword events. Stall is parked in the high slot. He was knocked down by Morrissey and is slow in getting up. Brodeen gets it over for Dumba. Back up for Brodeen. He'll get it up. Dumba down into the corner. And you can see Stahl is ailing up there. He's going to head to the bench while play continues. My take is it the same take that everybody in the building saw it as the refs looked at it and they decided not to call it because uh, we were already on the power play. Cost us the game. All right, so that was uh, Boots after game four uh, a couple nights back, Chip Scoggins. And I get his gripe. Mm-hmm. I would say that that when you don't score a goal for an entire game, that that yeah. hurt you. It didn't cost you the game. Uh, but we find out yesterday after a hearing, Josh Morrissey, the uh, Jets defenseman, gets a one game for his cross check on stall. I would have gone at least two, if not yeah, three. I would said three. But here's the here's the problem. And, and I don't know what's go- going on here, but it's disturbing. The stick work in the playoffs as a whole is out of hand. Yeah. Well, it, I've seen three guys speared in the groin. Yeah. And go back it's to more. What, what the hell is going on? Is, it, is that why, wrong? Why, why are you kind of liked it a little bit? Why, why are you putting the blade of your yeah. stick in another man's groin? Yeah. Well. Stop with that. Well, let there be air. Yeah. That's a liner. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. The, the uh, Brian Line, you're welcome. Yeah. The uh, with Morrissey. I don't know. Did he get off light? Because I don't know his track record. If he's had any, I don't. Think he's he's not. I'm guessing if it's a first time offense, that's probably one. Well, if, if you go back uh, to that game too, uh, Zucker got whacked in the face along the boards. On a, uh, they were on the power play, and there was a, a clearing attempt, and it was it was just a follow through. But yeah. you have to control your stick. I, I mean, mean, here's the, the the sad thing here for the Wild is the only punishment that matters or that's relevant is the punishment that would have happened if they had called it in the, the moment, right? Yes, yeah. I mean, this dude could be suspended for the rest of the playoffs. It doesn't matter to the Wild. They're down three games to one, yeah. and if if you take Bruce Boudreau at his word, let's say they score on the five on three, the game is different. I mean, nothing matters. Like they could have said he's kicked out of the league. He's never going to play again. It was egregious. 
okay, well, How's that still help? down yeah. three games to one with an aging roster. Yeah, I think it definitely could have altered the game. I mean, obviously, if you score five on three there, maybe it changes. Maybe the Wild gets momentum. Maybe they get live to building. Uh, instead, they don't score on the power play. He comes back and assists, and he was really good. Morrissey was good the rest of that game. And so, I mean, they're, you know, it's not the same, but I don't know. Is Myers out going to be out for game five? We don't know yet. So of course, they may, they're not going to tell you. They're, yeah, they're not going to tell you if he's out. His lower body, though. Yeah. Well, we know that because he, he couldn't got walk. punched in the knee. <laughs> got punched in the knee. I yeah. figured that one out myself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's. But you're right, Judd. I mean, they had other chances that they didn't bury, and that's kind of been that's been knock on the wild for how many years we talked about this. They don't finish chances in the playoffs, and here you go. So do you excuse this as as Preezy and Suter are out, so you're going to lose, or do you say, man, this is just the same script over and over well, and over? Well, a, a little of both. Um, you're, you're facing a team that's good enough to win the Cup, right? You're facing they, oh, yeah, they had the second-best record in the yep. NHL this year. So a really good team, which even if you're full strength, it's going to be tough to beat them. Now you take Suter and Preezy. Now that doesn't excuse Charlie Cool not showing up. Zucker hasn't. He, I thought he was active in game four, but that was his best first three games. He didn't do much. Uh, Niederreiter, you know, Nino hadn't done much. Um, and so it, it doesn't excuse some of the, the way those guys are playing. But um, I think that... The disappointing thing, if I'm the Wild, is you didn't get their you didn't get the Jets' best punch in Game One. That you were leading with what ten minutes ago, twelve minutes ago in, in the third period. That was a game. If you're really gonna make it interesting, you've got to figure out a way to steal that game. And to always start down two games to nothing, seven of eight times in the, in the last so, playoffs, yeah. it's just too hard to kind of. Keep having this uphill battle, and so it's, you know, if if they you know if they go and lose, they lose in five. It, it's going to be a difficult offseason again for them to figure out which way they go because they have a lot of contracts where they're sort of hamstrung. I will say though, if they do steal game five and then come back home for game six, if they win game five, I think they're I think there's going to be a game seven. So not, it's a tall task to say yeah. that they're going to win game five, but if they win game five, I think they do play game seven. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's, you know, I mean it's it, it's frustrating because, um, you have guys there that you just keep waiting to give you more, and they and just you know what? won't. And it just doesn't happen. It's time now, I think, to say this: uh, the Parisi and Suter contracts on that day were very exciting, and mm-hmm. I would never go back and undo those because it was a huge day and it got you into the playoffs. Okay, stopping there for a second though. It's time to realize that the grand plan of July 4th, 2012 is not going to work. And that's not to say that uh, Prezi and Suter can't be part of this team as it's successful as guys like Greenway develop. But the whole notion of we're getting these two guys to win a Stanley Cup and then and then Granlund and Nino and that whole Coyle. and Coyle are all going to come along Suter. and <laughs> and and help that cause. I think that's gone. Well, and the problem is, look at this roster now. You know, Preezy's not getting younger. Suter, Koivu, uh, Saul. I mean, yeah, who might have just had a final great year, and that might be it. And I mean, so you no have kid. you have this nucleus of older players that yep. how how much longer can you expect of them to play at a certain level? You know, you, I mean, you're seeing it with Koivu now. You, I mean, there, there's going to be drop off with these guys, and that next wave of players that you thought, okay, Coyle will be there yeah. to take over, and he's going to. Well, it just hasn't happened. Hey, real quick, you yeah. you brought up the the last 
So they've played eight playoff series, if you include this one, since the Parisi Suter acquisitions, yeah. right? How many did they fall behind? 2 0? Uh, seven. Seven? seven. Seven of the eight. There's been four straight. Blue, seven of the eight. Blues in 2015 okay. yeah. is the one time they took a 1 nothing lead. And, and in the early, the wild days, mm-hmm. it was four out of five. So in 11 out of 13 playoff series, they've been down either 3 1 or 2 0. Either 3 1 or 2 0. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, I mean... <laughs> oh, it's remarkable. They've, they've actually won several of those, by the way. Yeah, like, well, we covered two of them back-to-back. Yeah. Back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Historically, back-to-back. Back. So it's just hard. I mean, and last year they were at home the first two. Uh, they had the home ice advantage and, and couldn't get it done. So it, they just constantly put them in this, themselves in this position where it's an uphill climb, and it's just it's frustrating because you you just can't sustain anything that way. Yeah, and, it, like, the window only stays open so long when your players are all 34 years old. To yeah. what I've said for months now, it, they just it feels stuck. It just feels stuck. You're not going to be a disaster, but you're not ultimately going to even come close to reaching the success that you would have hoped for one time. You just sort of feel stuck. Yeah. Other than that, it's going yeah. great, though, for the while. <laughs> so let's talk more cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll see you in OTAs. Yeah. 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 Boy, our, win- our winter sports Kirk playoff Cousins, run Kirk here. Cousins was there. Kirk <laughs> Cousins was there. He, he apparently excited. took a free... Someone reported that Kirk Cousins took a free shuttle from like the hotel to the practice facility. That's awesome. Hopped on a free shuttle. Dude has $90 million in the bank. <laughs> Hey, buddy. Hey, is that, Kirk, is that Kirk Cousins? Who's that guy with the super manufactured <laughs> smile in the corner? Oh, that's Kirk Cousins. All right, Chip. Awesome. Good stuff. All right, boys. Thank you, Chip. Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. All right, Doogie's going to come in for a scoop session in about 20 minutes from now. We'll also get to Roy Smalley at 11.30. Matthew Collar, hey, schedules are coming out. Schedules are coming out. You know what that we, means. We, we're going to mock the schedule. Like, not mock it, but no, mock we're gonna... it. Yeah, we're going to mock, gonna mock it, it all, right? But when we come back, a 16-inning thriller? I don't know what if you would call it a thriller, but it was an exciting game for the Twins last night. Jose Barrios was lights out again. We'll talk some Twins when we return to the TCL Broadcast Studios. It's Mackie and Judd.